Hey everybody, welcome to Elder Speak, the official podcast of ElderGeek.com. You're listening to issue number 37. With me as always is Gavin Green, the head of our news side of our site. And uh, this week we've also got Kit Petrantonio with us. Uh, uh, not a stranger any longer. Um, so welcome back, Kip. Hey, hey, great to be back. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's actually just bounce right into the news. We've got a lot to cover this week. Oh, uh, by the way, our topic this week is actually going to be gaming on a budget. Um, Kip, Gavin, and I have all kind of uh, banged our heads together, and we've come up with a pretty fair list of uh, of what you can do in these financial hard times to you know kind of get by and still be a gamer satisfied in in uh, in the current economy. Well, anyway, into the news. Gavin, take it away, buddy. Absolutely. we got a lot of news this week. Actually, it's been one of our biggest weeks for news, if you've checked out our site. Uh, we actually got up to number two overall on Reddit.com, and several of our posts have gotten thousands upon thousands of views. So thank you to everybody. It's been one of our best weeks in that regard. And before we go into the news real quick, we just want to throw out a um, quick commendation as a site to Bungie, who opened up um, part of their merchandise to receive the um, to go to Haitian relief funds. So check out their site. They have some shirts up that if you buy, they'll send every um, 100% of the funds to Haiti, and I'm pretty sure a percentage of their other merch is doing that as well. So yay to Bungie, rock on, and let's just dive right into the news then. We're going to start this week off with God of War 3. We've got a lot of stuff out of that, including a lot of pretty new screenshots, um, um, <laughs> new box art, uh, probably the most convincing we've seen yet in that regard, and we've gotten unsurprising, to say the least, news that Sony is not planning to stop the franchise with God of War 3. It's been always known that it will be the end of the trilogy, but they're planning to expand it beyond that, of course. Um, so, what do we? What do you guys think? All of, we've got a lot of stuff from God of War three this week. What do you? Um, how do you go all sorting it out? Kip, go ahead. You you you're the resident super fan of God of War. You you take it away. What's God of War? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Of course, um, that's actually pretty much changed. Is um, up to this point, most of the people out there have said. This is the final game in the God of War like trilogy or whatever. They, I mean, this is the, I've never even heard the word trilogy until like I guess this week. So that that's like a new term they're using to say, oh, this is separate from what else we're going to do. So I think even like Jaffe himself, who you know created uh, created the series at the beginning, has said like, no, it's a three game deal, and then the story's over. So, so I don't know. They've obviously started something because they're going to make some other games. Uh, there's been a, a lot of rumors about a PSP sequel to Chains of Olympus. So <clears throat> I'm most, uh, I guess, I mean, I'm pumped, you know, but I, I just hope the quality stays up and I'm not playing Kratos Kart Racers in four years. <laughs> you know? like, I, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, Jaffe, even though Jaffe said that, uh, you know, the game was going to have to stop after three games, technically they've already got their three games out there. Um, so I don't know this, this reminds me so much of the whole, uh, Halo trilogy thing. Um, come on, these things print money. Why would they stop it? And the fans want more. So why would you not give them a product that they want? So to hear that, to hear that God of War is going to continue on, I'm not surprised by, uh, they're just going to run out of Greek gods to kill if they (laughs) kind of keep this up though. Yeah. How, uh, that's a good point though. How would you expand the, um, franchise once Kratos story is complete then? Have somebody kill Kratos and have a new God of War? Well, I so think, just I think, continue the cycle? Yeah. yeah. Kratos is gonna die. I think Kratos is dying at the end of this one. I mean, I think that's the idea. Uh, what I think will probably most likely happen is they'll try to introduce like, a new character. And start a new like series. right at the end of God of War 3, he has like his little sidekick. Yeah. Like a Sheila Boop with him, and we're all like well, groaning. He's always had a brother. 
So true. Yes. You know that whoever is going to replace Kratos is going to look exactly like him, is going to sound an awful lot like him. I mean, look at Devil May Cry. They replaced Dante with a guy who was mm, Dante. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, there were all those fanboys that were like, oh, the new guy is such a wuss. What? He's the same guy. Actually, no, he's he's quite a bit pussified. But yeah, Dante <laughs> never really had a love interest. So I'm I'm with the fanboys on that regard. But I see what you mean. <laughs> so we're going to have like Sartos. The yeah. distant, I mean, it's just the, it, Devil May Cry, it was basically Dante in a sling. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. pretty much at least for the first part of the game first couple of cutscenes. Yeah. all right i think we're going to move on for that though if you, if you guys are interested in getting it and you want to pre-order the um, ultimate edition which looks pretty epic we got a full replica of pandora's box with that we also have the unearthing the legend documentary trailer on the site it's just a little uh actually looking pretty good in terms of production values documentary on the series and probably its relation to greek mythology as a whole so make sure to check that out it is on our site and we're going to move cool. right on uh, we're going to move on and to a less than um, anticipated announcement. Activision has confirmed a DJ Hero sequel. While that's not in itself surprising, considering Activision's addiction to sequels, yearly sequels at that, um, their continuing of that, despite DJ Hero's lackluster sales, is pretty surprising. Um, we have a uh, we have a statement here from Bobby Kotnick, one of our favorite people here at Elder Geek, <laughs> saying that when you try something unique, you're probably not going to see success the first time. He cites um, Call of Duty developers like Treyarch and Infinity Ward as examples. Both some of their products at the start were not as stellar as their recent material as well. But what do you guys think? DJ Hero 2? We happy? We sad? Uh, I, I, I kind of agree with them. I think it is important to keep trying something new that you love. Um, but Activision doesn't seem to be in the business of doing things that they love. They seem to be in the business of business. And I'm really surprised to hear that... Uh, they're not dropping the ball, you know, entirely and saying game over with, with DJ Hero. Um, yeah, I, that's that's my two cents on it. Um, I believe I just actually read that uh, uh, DJ Hero, despite its lackluster sales, in quotes, it still was the most, uh, made the most revenue of any new IP this year. Wow, that's so, sad. I mean, I think you got to remember that you're basically buying a cheap piece of plastic and a $60 a game, which is really only costs probably like a couple dollars to print. Yeah. So when, you tack, when you tack on the peripheral, it's, it has a lot more uh, money coming into it per purchase. Per exactly. Yeah. And so that, I mean, regardless, oh yeah, here I just found the actual article. DJ Hero, best-selling new IP of 09, by revenue only, it says. Huh. Yeah. It probably just stuck it out. I mean, we um, once we saw the initial sales results, we kind of uh, tossed it aside. But mm. it seems like a thing that could have legs, and especially with a, a sequel. I mean, wh- um, what do you guys think, though? A sequel? Are we think are they going to say Guitar Hero Five, or are we going to see DJ Hero Daft Punk or DJ Hero D- uh, DJ Shadow? Are we going to see these uh, impl- um, just artist-centric releases? Or are they actually going to go full full-fledged Universal sequel? You know, that'd be really interesting. I don't know. I, I'm personally very for the, the band-centric and the artist-centric uh, expansions or titles. So I'd love to see the, you know, the Daft Punk, um, you know, DJ Hero. I think uh, I think Moths would agree with you on that one. <laughs> I think we already had the Daft Punk DJ Hero. It was, it was called DJ Hero. <laughs> not enough. Not yeah. enough. Um, when Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger is not on the game, you know it's not completely but Daft Punk. why isn't it on the game? Because they're going to sell it. To you and downloadable. That's yeah, how I'm fine with that. That's how these games make money. That's why they're interested in a sequel because they, even though DJ Hero didn't make that much money to begin with, 
is over the next two years, as all those people buy, you know, thirty to forty dollars worth of songs, it's going to yeah. double. You know, it's going to double up. It, and we also have another thing on our site comparing um, Avatar to Modern Warfare Two. But if you take a look down there, uh, Guitar Hero Three, a very dated game, has grossed at this point two billion dollars worth of revenue. That's crazy. So these games have major legs, especially yeah. um, the non-band-centric ones. So Activision may not be completely insane with this maneuver here. Yeah. But let's move on to another sequel, Bioshock 2, to be precise. Uh, the developer and creator of the first one, Kevin Levine, um, of 2K Boston, a.k.a. Irrational Games, that they've just changed their name back to, yeah. has recently sat down with a joystick and said that he hasn't seen most of the game, only a couple minutes. And, a lot, and this interview is kind of brought to light a lot of the uh, disconnect between the original development team and the new one for the sequel. Uh, have you guys checked this out? Uh, what do you think on this? I have, and and uh, I think I'm the one that's... I, I'm almost positive I'm the one that's set to review it for the site, but um, I have got to say that this is the number one reason why I'm not excited about Bioshock 2. I mean, if Ken, Le- Ken Levine is not on this team, and I knew he wasn't on the team at all, you know, I at least thought all this time that he was at least consulting or something along the lines, because Bioshock 1 was really his baby for like five or six years. You know, I remember watching uh, interviews with him a long time ago. If he's not in it at all, I feel like this is just going to be the quickest, um, most manufactured sequel to a game ever. And I think it's going to lose a lot of the heart of the game. Again, I hope I'm wrong, but Ken Levine, his name is synonymous with Bioshock in my head. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think too, that the, what, what makes Bioshock better than just another first person shooter is it's got that, like, feel to it. You know what I mean? You feel like you're in Rapture. There's, like, the huge story that's told through all the different radios and all that. And it's just, it, it, I don't know, there's something about the feel and the story and the whole world being brought to life. And I feel like that really probably stemmed from the creation team, which I'm sure he had a large part in. Yeah. And so without it, without it, I feel like, yeah, we're going to end up with Bioshock 2 <laughs> in the barest sense of the word. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never been a um one. The guy has to be there to for the game to be good. I mean, what has Miyamoto done in the last twenty years compared to what he did at the beginning of his career? And their games are still good, but I'm still very apprehensive for Bioshock Two merely because the opening for the game compared to the original. The original's opening is still one of the best moments I've had as a gamer in a long ass time. Just oh, going totally down and diving. I chose Rapture, and then it, there's the the freaking whale goes by. And like, oh my god. And here you wake up and you see your big daddy reflection in a puddle, and then the game starts. So, yeah, a little yeah. apprehensive, but it, that has nothing to do with Ken Levine. But we have it on our site. It's up today. Give us your comments and give us your thoughts yourself on the site. And we're going to move on again to the PlayStation 3 motion controller. What they did when I did 3, the little thing that looks like a wand with a little ball on top, looks like a C3PO's <laughs> sex toy. Um, we actually have another rumored name for it. Uh, it is called ARC, A-R-C. Mm-hmm. What do we think on that? Well, quite biblical, I think. Yeah, being a <laughs> being a raider of, I'm excited. <laughs> why? Wait, why would you be excited about the name ARC in particular, though, Kip? I'm not. Is okay. See, when I when <laughs> I just made, I was making a Raiders of the Lost Ark joke. Oh, 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 yeah. All right. Well, I never even really thought about it like that. That was uh, R-I-K, though. That was A-R-K. 
ARK. Yeah. I said, okay, guys. <laughs> but but ARC doesn't sound too bad because, you know, whenever I think of ARC, I think of an electrical arc, which is, you know, kind of what happens when, you know, electricity is so strong that it jumps from one point to another without any, any you know, um, yeah. you know any line. You know, kind of like uh, on the cover of uh, Infamous where he has his two hands and there's lightning arcing between his hands. I think that's kind of cool. Um, but is, are a lot of people going to get that, though? No. <laughs> to me, when I hear the word ARC, that's the name of my gym. That's the acronym that says that's my gym. So it's not really something I associate. I, I suppose I'll be more active using the controller, but really that's not a connection I have. I mean, we have a lot of already rumored titles that are a lot more fun and a lot more accessible. I think we have Gem, we have Sphere, gem. we have Wand. Yeah, these are all circulated rumor titles. See, Gem reminds me of the really bad 80s cartoon, but the whatever. Truly, truly, truly outrageous? Yeah, dude, I'm so glad you got that. You are absolutely an older geek now. Dude, and that's actually with a J, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. But either way, um, ARC. ARC. I, Yay. I, I think that hopefully they'll come up with something better. Um, I always like hearing some of these, these development names, and then, you know, I'm always kind of disappointed by what the actual name is when it comes out. Like, probably the yeah, biggest... Yeah, the Nintendo Revolution? Dude, you remember the Ultra 64? That yeah. was an awesome name, and then it was just the Nintendo 64. Yeah. Although well, that little kid, although that video with the kid in Christmas made that name much better. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm a fan of PlayStation Blue Harvest. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Whatever. Um, maybe you can give us some better names up on the site. Uh, let's move on again um, to. Let's stay in the Sega. Uh, let's stay in the console uh, reign here. Sega actually attempted to take Dreamcast compatibility when the system was failing and put it on the Xbox, the original one from Microsoft. Unfortunately, that deal didn't really go through. They had some uh, concerns with Xbox Live and working with them, but that would have been pretty damn cool. We would have had an Xbox that played Dreamcast games. That would have been just really recently. Cool. Uh, Revealed. I mean, what do you guys think on this? I I never really had an opportunity to play a lot of Dreamcast. Um, but honestly, just when I was just at the the latest Magfest, they probably had about ten, fifteen Dreamcasts going, and I was amazed at all of the games that they had on every one of those consoles. I'm kind of I'm really considering going back and getting one or finding a way to emulate it. But anyway, um, yeah, that's sad that the Dreamcast didn't get on there. I don't know. It makes sense with Peter Moore at the helm. You know, I mean, he was like the big dream pusher, and then you know he went over to Microsoft. So true, and that probably would have broadened out the 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 console's catalog at first. And but again, didn't happen. What dreams may come? Another what yeah. a, what if scenario? <laughs> I don't know. You know, people always people are always a big pusher. Like the Dreamcast was so great. I mean, what was so great in the Dreamcast? I mean, I liked I liked Sonic Adventure and I liked Crazy Taxi. I, mean, I think we had a – Gavin, were you the one that put together our top ten Dreamcast games? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. go check out the top ten Dream, Dreamcast game, guys. I'm sure if I you know. just <laughs> – It's not saying they're that great. <laughs> oh. I mean, well, I think they kind of got truncated on the development time. You know. The system the system flamed out so quickly. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. difficult to get a lot of those big production schedule games on it, but we had a couple. Yeah. Uh, Shinmu has not aged list? well, I'll say that. Shinmu has not aged Excuse me? What game isn't on the list? Men on our list? <laughs> no semen, no. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> and for those of you that don't know, it's basically a screensaver of a game with the fish characters from Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. Yeah. Google image, <laughs> go. But we're moving on. Once again, we're moving on to Ubisoft, probably making another good decision. They seem to have made a habit of that recently. Mm -hmm. They are reducing 
licensing, acquiring license for their games. This is after the, uh, what many consider to be the failure of Avatar, the movie, the game that was released by these guys. Didn't do so well. And so um, Yves Guillemot, the um, CEO of the company, has come out and said, we're just sticking to our guns now. We're going to keep with our unique IP. We're going to stay away from the licensing. Hmm. So I'm I'm very I'm happy with that. Yeah, um, good for you. I, I go ahead, <laughs> Randy. <laughs> I was gonna say really good for Ubisoft because uh, Avatar um, should have been at least it should have sold well, despite the fact that it was probably a crap game. I don't know. I haven't played it, but I'm I avoid it just because it's a, a video game or a movie video game. But it should have sold well among the crowd, you know, among the huge avid Avatar fans. Um, you know, that's why people keep making movie video games. It's because they're generally cheap to make. Um, they can crank them out pretty quickly, and they generally make their money back on them. But I think the main problem that it didn't sell, because even with um, just a, ba- a basic movie game li- uh, attach rate, it's the game. The movie is vying for the top-grossing film of all time now. It's fighting against another James Cameron movie. So take that attach rate and attach it to that gross. It should be amazingly selling. But I think uh, they, Ubisoft themselves kind of latched onto the problem. They did release it a bit early, a full two weeks before the uh, the movie was released. Yeah. So that, that kind of bit them on the ass here. But no more licensing, apparently, from Ubisoft, oh. at least not as much. And that that's a big change, actually, from when we were younger. Yeah. Like, when you we were younger, those were the games you got. Like, the, the movie games were the games you got, like the Ghostbusters, the Back to the Futures. Terminator 2. Terminator Batman. 2. Those are the games you played. I mean, you played Mario, you played all the main Nintendo games, and yep. then you bought movie games. Yep. And they weren't necessarily, I mean, they they really didn't have much to do with the actual movies. True. A lot of the time, um, which is kind of weird, because nowadays, with today's graphics and everything, you really can recreate the experience. I agree. Of the movie, but it's like it's like we were we were tricked so many times when we were kids by it. That now, as we're adults, we like we just have a we're jaded against it. So. I don't even I don't even want to say we were tricked when we were kids because, like you were saying, a lot of those games when we were kids were actually pretty decent. I can only think of a few games that were actually kind of bad. Stargate being one of them when we were kids that were that were movie games that were bad. But you know, Terminator, uh, uh, Lion King was awesome. Aladdin, Aladdin was, Aladdin was really good. Yep. But you know, it wasn't until uh, the mid '90s or so that uh, that they just started thinking, "Hey, we really don't need to put a lot of time into this." Movie fans and video game fans are starting to mend, or, you know, are starting to mesh together, and they're just buying whatever we put out. So, mm-hmm. it's our own fault for buying shit, really. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think another, I think another a lot of factors. It was I think another piece of it too is that we're just overwhelmed with the amount of movies and games coming out. You know what I mean? Uh huh. The, the back in the back in the day, it was like, oh my god, there's a Ghostbuster game coming. Out. <laughs> it's like the greatest event in our life. Now it's like you know every action movie has a game. So yeah. it's like you know you really got to be selective. I mean you know even I don't know even like Batman Arkham Asylum which. You know, I remember that was like that kind of jaded feeling that it's like, oh, the Dark Knight's coming out and then this game's coming out. So, yeah, yeah. I still pertain, though. Tim Burton's Batman would have been a lot better if the final stage, final battle against Joker was exactly like it was in the game, but it wasn't. Mm. <laughs> but we're moving on. It's still a good movie. Walking oh, yeah. On, but right. uh, we're moving on to our main topic of the week. Sorry to cut off Randy. Just want to make sure we get everything done here. It's actually a biggie. It's the one that probably catapulted us to our stardom this week. Um, Rockstar 
has had a little bit of trouble with its employees. We have a group of determined, devoted wives of Rockstar San Diego employees. Yes, that's their actual name. Don't yeah. try to anagram it. There's nothing there. Um, they had I recently filed concern with the company about working conditions, stress-related issues, and a lot of just lackluster interaction between employees and owners. And they filed they filed a complaint officially against the company. And before they can respond, Rockstar proper, a internal memo was leaked expressing concern from within the company and saying that this is not the first time it's been happening and it's not recent either. Um, Rockstar's official response, without uh, while denying any of the issues, recently bequeathed 2.75 million dollars to the. Employees in question, that's about 27,500 per employee or former employee in some cases. Yeah. And that's just brought a lot of people to light just about working conditions and whether or not Rockstar really is in trouble. Now, Kip, you actually brought up a really good point before we actually started the show, and I kind of want to continue that. It was the fact that this might not be just a sign of what's going on at Rockstar, but it yeah. might be something that's going on in all of the video game industry. Mm-hmm. Or at least just in, just not in Rockstar. Yeah, and if, the, the, re, the real reason I started thinking about that a while ago actually connects to another piece of our news is that um, if you watch the God of War 2 documentary, like that came with the game, I mean, you can look at Corey Barlog, who took over for um, David Jaffe. And he talks about the pressure that was on him. And you, as you watch the documentary, as you see him age over the two <laughs> years, it's like watching a president. Like, I was, yeah, I was just going to say that. And the, you have interv- these little snippets of interviews with the um, coders, and you know they're joking around and they like say to the camera, "Oh, please let me go home." And yeah. a lot of them just, you, they're not, it's not funny. It's not a joke. Sometimes they are yeah. really desperate, well, and you can just see the torture on their faces at points. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, especially coming up to E3 when they had to get their demo out. You yeah. see them, and they're like, they're like, "I've been here for sixty hours. I'm trying to get like this thing done." I mean, I can barely stay at my work for eight hours. Jeez. <laughs> you know, you know, like, stay there for 60 hours straight. And then uh, another thing that it kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you guys, have you guys ever seen the movie uh, The Pirates of Silicon Valley? No. Um, I thought yeah, you were that's, the, uh, that's the uh, dramatization of Gates and Jobs, right? Yeah, yeah. Steve Jobs and how they got yeah. started and how uh, Bill Gates kind of screwed Steve Jobs, et cetera, et cetera. But something Steve Jobs was famous for Back in the old days, he'd walk up to his coders and his programmers, and he would look at their computer screens, and he, if he didn't like what he saw, he would just unplug it. Wow. Yep. And he does. He actually they portray that in the movie too, and the guy just flips out and like slams him against the wall. But yeah, supposedly, and he would also hand out T-shirts that said things like, uh, "I work 120 hour week," and stuff. That's and nuts. I get up this lousy teacher. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, there's been you know television shows and comedy skits made out of code monkeys. These very yeah. poorly treated, bottom of the barrel kind of hier- um, hierarchical workers. And it seems that this is not really the first, um, not really changed in recent memory. Um, reports are coming in that this has been going on in Rockstar proper for, since 2006, at very least. Yeah, at the very and least, of 2006, because yeah. that was when they they had their first out of court settlement, right? Yes, indeed. And it's pretty bad because if Rockstar is nothing, if not the reputation. So yeah. this has been a pretty swift response, and very rarely do people to- um, toss out money if they're innocent or yeah. if they're uh, if they feel good of what they've done. So 
it's it may not it may not it may not indicate that these these current concerns voiced by these people have actually been happening or to the degree that they've mentioned it does however mention that rockstar may have some apprehensions to its policies yeah, yeah. go ahead go ahead Kip. the thing about too is that uh, a studio like insomniac was voted in the top 10 places to work in america mm-hmm you know, so they're, they're obviously, you can do it proper. If some people are out there thinking like, oh, it's just the nature of the industry. I don't, I don't know. So. And not to appear console bias again, um, Naughty Dog actually um, makes very, very open about its policies. It's a very, la- not lax, but very open, very um, calm environment. And it seems very, um, very interesting. And Kojima Productions on the other side of the globe also has a lot of, um, well, politicians in our country would call them socialistic, but just very, <laughs> very nice, um, very code monkey centric kind of legislation in, within the office. So it isn't impossible, and it's not um, condensed to one side of the aisle. But I, this I, is not good. I, I think I think it's also a little bit different that people kind of keep in perspective because we've actually had a lot of discussion within the within the staff itself about you know what to do you know if you were in that situation if you personally were in a work situation where you were treated like that and I think it's different for most of us that work on the site um, because we aren't video game coders you know um, most of us on the site if we were to leave one job would you know probably pick up our tools or whatever we do and move on and hopefully find another job. Um, relatively quickly. But as far as like video game coder jobs out there that pay well or pay enough to, to make a living off of, there really aren't that many. So it, it kind of makes you, um, I don't want to say sympathize because that's definitely not the word. You can see why the, why the owners of some companies would almost resort to a near abusive relationship with their employees because they can get away with it. You know, uh, the the search for more money has uh, resulted in, you know, treating their, their employees poorer and poorer as time goes by. And uh, the employees are like, well, I could quit and be unemployed and possibly be homeless in three months. Or I could stick around and take the abuse and uh, and maybe things will get better. Yeah. I had um, I had a friend, not necessarily a coder, but definitely a, a low-ranking low low, low flunky. Excuse me, can't speak to guy. <laughs> today they can't even say that um but he likened the conditions almost back to the industri- um the pre the turn of the century i mean you got these very highly intensive stressive jobs with 12 people behind you waiting for the job eager for it eager yeah. to just slip in behind you and grab it so these conditions are rife with um not uh with abuse as you said but again yeah. uh, we're not trying to assume too much on rockstar's behalf um it is still one of the biggest companies or the the most well-known so and they do produce some of the best damn games too absolutely rockstar san diego is currently on work for red dead redemption one of elder geeks most anticipated games of this year and that's set to release pretty soon so you can imagine it's stressful all around yeah yeah but all right you you guys ever see you remember are you afraid of the dark uh yeah yep okay remember there was an episode called fear soup where they went they put people in the room and then their feet, they would whatever they want, whatever they were afraid of was in the room, and then the, that would make this that would like they would like their fear would drip out of the room into a soup bowl, and then people would eat the soup, and it was like the best soup in the world. That's what <laughs> happens at Rockstar. I have a feeling. So you're saying we're eating the fear soup because yeah, it's... we're eating like the we're eating the cream of like the tears 
of programmers at Rockstar. I see the analogy. It's disgusting, but I yeah, see the analogy. It's, it's tortured. I mean, I, I have a fear of black holes. I'm not sure how they would put that into a room, but regardless, <laughs> master of analogies kept there with our final word on Rockstar. I think we'll cut it off there, and yep. that is our news for this week. Always, As always, make sure to come to Elder Geek for all those that we couldn't have up on the podcast. We got a ton of news. It's been a great week. It's looking to get even better as the year goes on, so make sure to stick around. We're out for news. The Shinra Guard is close behind Cloud and the rest of the gang as they stole vehicles from the Shinra headquarters. They are in close pursuit and they are where I am in the truck. Cloud is defending the truck by swinging his sword wildly as a villain pursuing us. Cloud is almost at his limit break. Within Final Fantasy 7, only on 8bitx.com. Hey everybody, welcome back from break. Um, thanks for listening to the first half of the show with uh, with everything in the news. And now we're actually going to get into the topic of the week. Um, and this is actually uh, coming forward because I've had a lot of people come up to me um, expressing interest in uh, spending more money when, when uh, you know, now is probably not the time to be spending a lot of money. So our topic of this week is actually going to be about uh, gaming on a budget. And um, do either of one of you want to go first? Or I've, I've actually got a huge, gigantic list of what I think are pretty decent <laughs> suggestions for, for you know gamers who want to go on a budget. Hmm. Well, Mike can go. All right. Hit us, Kip. Sure. Um, for, I got. I actually have, I have two things. On my, I have three things on my list. I have two that are good and one that I think it's a deception. Nowadays, okay. <laughs> so first, I'll start with the deception. I think a lot of people, when they 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 go to their local game store, and I don't necessarily mean GameStop, but if you you live in a big enough city where you actually have some smaller game stores around, I think a lot of people think those are great places to get used games, and I, I actually think that that's kind of a deception, because I've noticed over the I've been going to these kinds of stores for quite some time, and I've noticed over the years that. The prices are slowly slipping up, like as these games become kind of like collectors' items. Yeah. Like for example, you look at like a copy of Final Fantasy VII, which is, I mean, this is not exactly the rarest thing in the world out there right now, but it's portrayed that way. And I can get it off the PlayStation Network for ten bucks. I go down to my local game store, my used, not my GameStop because they don't care, they won't carry that, but my local like used game shop. And it's like seventy five dollars. Wow. Yeah. You know, and that to me is just that is not like a good deal. I mean, I get you're getting the game, and it's like a collector's item to some extent, but it's not to the point where it's a collector. It's not like a it's not like a copy of, you know, of uh, like Chrono Trigger or something like that. You know, it's it's sold like millions and millions of copies. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So, I think that that's like one of the illusions. I don't know. You guys have any thoughts on that? No, I think you're right. I think, um, um, yeah, if you want to play the game, don't don't buy the most expensive version that you can find. Buy the cheapest one that you can find. You know, uh, if it's on the PlayStation Network, who cares if you're not getting it in the box? It's the exact same damn game. Yeah. And oftentimes even enhanced, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. But, um, yeah. Another thing is like even like the littler games you can get off the the Wii Virtual Console or the PlayStation Network that you you'll go down to the store and Mario Three is like fifteen bucks. You know, mm-hmm. you pay six hundred Wii points for it on the Wii Store, which is six dollars in real yeah, life. Which is six dollars exactly. So I think that that's an illusion that a lot of people fall for, uh, just because they're like, oh, you won't see this around, but really you will. Like there's it's coming. It's coming to the virtual consoles, everything like that. Uh, my two suggestions though. Our first uh, pawn shops are an amazing place to go out and shop for games, especially ones where they just have a standard flat rate on games. Hmm. That that's where I get so many of my games. Um, there's three in my town right now with that three alone that offer all games are fifteen dollars. Hmm. All this generation, Xbox 360, Wii, and PlayStation 3, and it just happened. Whatever in there, that's what you get. So, wow. I mean, I've seen like, for example, uh, one of them they had a they had a two for twenty deal one time. I got Assassin's Creed and Modern Warfare two, or excuse me, Modern Warfare the first one for twenty bucks. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. I didn't have to go through the hassle of like, ordering it off the internet, waiting for, it, and it was in my hand. I played it ten minutes later when I was at my house. So I think that's like my biggest suggestion, especially ones that are run by uh, older people who don't really. Have, have pay attention to these things at all, and they just like throw them in a cabinet. Those are great places to get games. So, okay, all right. I think I think those are really good suggestions. I think everybody's got a pawn shop. I I don't think there's been a town that I haven't lived in where there's there's been a pawn shop where there hasn't been a pawn shop. I mean, mm-hmm. so, yeah, and that's that's the other one I would say. And then the final one I think is one that like gamers because we have this kind of I don't know me and Dan me and uh, Dan kind of call it like this collective the collectivitis where you feel like, i got to collect the games. Another thing you can do that's really great is just trade games with people. Yeah. Like, find friends that have games that, that you you don't have and then trade with them for a little while. Say, you know, you give me this, I'll give you that for a month. So I know. I, I think that's a great idea. Um, and it's something that a lot of people, you know, like you said, they get this collectivitis that it's it's their game kind of thing. And, and uh, I don't know, you almost don't want to borrow from somebody else because it's their game. It's their copy. You know, it's almost like it's the trophy that they've won somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's those are my suggestions. I would definitely say that borrowing thing, especially if you're not really that into the game. Yeah. Like just, or even you know, I mean, even renting a game nowadays is kind of a pain in the ass. It's kind of like eight dollars or nine dollars at some blockbuster stores. You know, yeah. Like game flies. You know, you got to mail them out and stuff like that. Some people don't like that hassle. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, I honestly, my my first suggestion, and and this is probably a, a huge one, is um, I I would honestly say to to anybody who has a game console. Right now, anything, if it's a PS3, if it's a 360, if it's a PS2 or an N64 or whatever, I don't think now is the right time that anybody needs to buy a new console. I think whatever console you've got should be good enough for you. You know, the N64, you can still go out and buy games for use that are still worth playing. Because, you know, I can honestly say in in the years that have passed since the N64, gaming besides graphics hasn't really improved that much, you know. I mean, yes, some games are a lot longer and some of the stories are more improved, but, I mean, if you can't be satisfied with, with one of the consoles that you've got, you know, I, I don't know. What I'm just saying is you could probably hold off on, on upgrading for a little while. And the same thing goes for PCs as well. If you've, got a, if you've got a gaming PC or a PC in general that can play 
80% of the games that are out there, even if it's not on the highest setting, there's really not a need to upgrade right now. So I, I would honestly just say to hold off on any kind of hardware upgrades because they're obviously the most expensive and they, they don't give you that great of a return. Um, as as I bought a Wii on Saturday. As you just bought a Wii on Saturday. Today. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ooh, ooh, actually, here's here's a, a side note. Don't buy used Xbox 360s at all, period. Yes. <laughs> I, and I'm not saying this, like, as an anti-Xbox person, but a lot of them are actually from guys who tried to mod them, brick them, and then they just want to sell them to make back whatever they can. Not or, all of them, but a good number of them are. Or a lot of them are on the brink of red ringing. Yeah. Like, on the brink where they get, it's happening once in a while, and they see the signs, and then they go run out and sell them. And then the guy in the store just checks it for, like, you know, oh, it works. Yeah. He doesn't care, you know? Yeah. So not only don't try not to upgrade your hardware, but if you still want to and you want to do it on the cheap and you want to get a 360, don't. But only buy 360s new. This one's actually a little bit different. And, um, and if you're a PC user and you have a Steam account and you have a friend who has a Steam account, only if you know the person in real life and only if you trust the person inherently, trade Steam accounts just for a week. You know, just be like, hey, you've got a bunch of games on your Steam account and, you know, I've got a bunch of games on my Steam account. Let's trade for a week. Of course, don't do it with anybody online. Don't trade with absolute strangers. But if you have friends, just trade your Steam login and your Steam password, and you can download and play all of the games that your friend has paid for, and you know, and vice versa. Your friend can download and play all the games that you've played paid for. Um, you know, just be conscientious of, as while you're doing it. But um, you know, again, can't stress enough. Don't give it to strangers. Yeah, and I think that goes that goes for um, PlayStation Network accounts too. If you trust the person. Yeah. Me and Rachel, well, me and Rachel do is we'll share a PSP account. So if I buy a game, we both get it, or if she buys a game, we both get it. Yeah, and the, and the great thing about both the both Steam and and P uh, Steam and and PSN, I don't know if it's true for Xbox 360, but um, you can install these things on unlimited machines. So yes, some games might have uh, digital rights managements on them, <clears throat> but since Steam is the digital rights manager on those, you can install it on as many machines as you want, as long as that machine has the sign-in and password for Steam. Yeah, and PlayStation is actually only five. Five consoles. Five? Yeah, five five PSPs, five PlayStation 3s you can install it on. That's actually not bad. That's not no. bad at all. Um, I would also recommend that, you know, if you're seeing, you know, financial hard times, now is the time to replay some of your older titles. Um yeah. I've got stacks of old games, and to be honest with you, I'm not addicted to any brand new game off the market right now. I'm actually really addicted to Final Fantasy XII once again, which you could probably go out and find for $10 somewhere right now. The story is great. The graphics are fine. Um, and it's a great game all around. Now's, now's the time to revisit some of your old favorites uh, if you find yourself in, in, uh, you know, in need of, of bucks but want to wanna play some games. Um, I would also recommend to not sell your games. I know a lot of people think to themselves, all right, I'm, uh, I'm a little strapped at the moment. Um, yes, I realize that you should prioritize, and if you really do need, you know, if it boils down to games or rent, then sell your damn games. But uh, for the most part, when you sell your games, you're not really getting that much back. You're really losing a lot of money in that deal. What you paid for 50 bucks, you might be getting $3 back or something like that. And... Um, Six months down the line, when you could be thinking to yourself, I wish I had something to play right now, you don't even have that game. So, yeah, that's that. Um, well, and how about this, too? If, if you are going to sell your games, shop around. Like, compare prices. Because I know with, uh, for example, I, I recently sold two games at at one store. They were going to give me uh, $13, and at the other store they gave me $28. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a big difference. 
Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to do two more, and then I'm going to hop over to Gavin so people don't get tired of listening to my damn voice. Um, we can never get tired. <laughs> oh, I do. Uh, I would say get out of the mind frame of, of uh, you must needing to buy the brand new games, must needing to buy this, you know, the 50 and $60 games. Um, there's a ton of awesome games out there that do not cost a fortune. Um, and they exist on, on PlayStation Network. They exist on Steam. Uh, there's a thousand indie games out there that will never cost nearly that much, but are still amazing to play. Um, actually, if anybody does like a search on Google for top 100 free games, I guarantee you, you're going to be busy for a long time going through that list. You know, and they are. They're all quality games. They're all by these people who are professional game makers, but uh, they just don't work for Ubisoft and EA and Rockstar and stuff like that. So they're awesome games, just free. Um, and uh, you know, of course, check out free MMOs. Uh, a lot of them are a lot of them are a ripoff, but if you do your research, you can find an MMO that's if you're an MMO player, that's right for you. That you're not going to have to spend any money and, and still get some great gaming in. I could go on, but again, I don't. I don't want people to just sit here and like zone the hell out listening to my voice. Mm-hmm. Gavin, you there, buddy? Do you want to throw? I, I'm sorry, I was zoning out on your voice. No, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm actually here, and I, I am, I, I fancy my um, bargain skills. I, I, I'm proud of them. So I do have a, a couple things to ask uh, to add to the conversation. I would disagree with Kip on GameFly. I would I would agree with them on renting games as general rule, but if you got um if you don't mind waiting a couple days for it um for new games or old games or whatever you can put on your queue, GameFly is a great resource. It I, takes a little while. It's not Netflix, but you can I, ship it off. They will be all right. I agree with you. GameFly is an excellent source, but you have to be disciplined with GameFly. Um, just because that buy button is right by, you know, your rent button, and yeah. and they're selling it to you at that reduced price, and you're like, I could just keep it at home for $20, you know. So if you're disciplined, yeah, Gamefly is, Gamefly is great. Speaking yeah, of discipline. I, I just the, the thing with me with Gamefly is that I always think – it's always, like, hard for me to, like, make it to mail something. You know, like, and I know some people just, you know, can put it in their mailbox, but me, like, being a college student can't do that. So it's difficult for me to like find, you know, put it in the package, go to a, go to a post office, like drop it off, or go to a mailbox and drop it off when there's not one like right in your corner. Yeah. So that becomes like, you know, it's kind of like a hassle in itself. So I, it depends on your lifestyle as well. I could see that. Yeah, I, and it also depends on your geographic location with GameFly. If you're not relatively near one of their mailing centers, you might be waiting a little while before you get games and before they receive games that you're sending back. But if you know you have a mailbox that's nearby and you are geographically lucky enough to be one of their mail centers, which you can find on their website, by all means, check out GameFly. Yeah, so, absolutely. But I again, yeah. I don't think they're centered in Grand Forks, are you? No. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not sure, but I, I think I see the distributing right across the street from me, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, actually, uh, going back to. Randy's discipline note, if you're even more disciplined to not buy things on Gamefly, you should be able to dive into the eBay waters. Again, be very careful. People do offer warranties. Make sure it, and make sure if you're buying anything above a game purchase that you want a warranty. Make sure they're good sellers. They've got, got a lot of good feedback and all that stuff. If you can, eBay is a great resource. It just takes a lot of patience. And Although it does, you probably often walk away with a better deal than if you went to a brick-and-mortar store of any mm-hmm. variety, even your local one. Yeah. But I got specific ga- I got specific sites now. 
PC users, even if you don't get the best engine, you have access to thousands of really good, well, not thousands, maybe 8,000, really good old school <laughs> PC games, both new, um, relatively new, 2003 and before, and it's GOG.com, G-O-G.com, good old games. It is really good, DRM, free downloads, great stuff. Um, right on the front page here, I'll read off what they got. They got Dude Nukem 3D, Psychonauts, Might and Magic, which I love. In Blood Rain 2, they have Unreal Tournaments. They have old Tex Murphy games, which are those fun FMV games. A lot of our viewers viewers will, remu- uh, will remember that Spoonie reviews all the time, uh, <laughs> the Spoonie one. So you got a lot of good stuff there, and it's a resource that you really shouldn't pass up, especially if you're not keen to spend the 60 bucks on new games. And if you want to trade games with people and you don't got a lot of friends that have an active gaming or um, life or anything like that, we have goozex.com, G-O-O-Z-E-X. That's an online trading site. Again, you have to be dedicated to it. You want to find good people that have good feedback. You want to make um, you want to make sure that you just get it at a reasonable amount of time, but they do have warranties in place. They do have risk-free policies that you can just um, contact them if anything's wrong, and they will either repay it or get them get the person that's sitting in the game to repay it. So there are methods for you to train, uh, trade online as well. But the most simple one I have for you comes from a story that my friend told me when he was younger. He um, Gather he around, children. Yes, yes, gather around. <laughs> time for story time. But no, when he was a kid, got his first console, his dad would not buy him a new game until he beat the one that he just got. Hmm. And looking around right here, I have – I just checked myself on Backloggery.com. That's where you can list all your games if you don't have a good memory like I do. I have 217 games across all of my consoles, and from what it says, I have completed 36 of them. Oh, bad Gavin. Bad Gavin. But I, I can guarantee you, you guys look at it, not necessarily Kip and Randy because they are gaming gods, of course. But if you guys look <laughs> back at it, you've got at least a couple dozen games that are sitting somewhere that you have not beaten. Yeah. And you go back and you play those and that just try, just stack those back to back. You'll be gaming for the next couple of years. So that's the simplest one I can do. Just go back and beat these games because I know that I'm not the only one that plays a game, gets excited, and for some reason or another drops it and then just moves on to a new game. So just go back and see what you got. You already got some pretty good stuff, knowing Elder Geeks, because you're all awesome. And just go and redo your own your old back catalog. And like Randy said, just replay some of your favorites. Yeah, I uh, I honestly I have a hard time sometimes buying new games because I am playing older games. You know, I I got to stop that. I guess I'm trying to run a, way, a website here. What the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> let, me ask, <laughs> let me ask this question: How does this connect to the the kind of I know we've talked about this in the podcast before, Randy? Yeah, um, with the hype. And, like, how does the hype affect your spending habits? I, You know, I would actually – that's a really good question. I was going to kind of bring that up was, you know, try not to give in to the hype. I know it's really tough to do it, but if if you're super excited about a game, like, if you know that um, you're just totally jacked about um, – um, what the hell was that Jack game? Jack and Daxter. Jack and Daxter, yeah. Or what was, what was that name? What was the name of that game? Oh, Dark Void. Like, you're, you've been watching all the videos. You really think to yourself it's going to be awesome. Um try not to pre-order it. You know, you're, you don't need to pre-order it unless you absolutely know you must have it and you want the collector's edition. But there's good, no... Um, good rule of thumb for that, demo before pre-order. Yeah, demo before pre-order, but but honestly, there is no need to get it on the first day. And this kind of ties into not only don't buy into the hype, but do your do your research before you buy it. Hang out for a week. Read some reviews on the game. You know, um, even though you might not always agree with what we have to say here, but... 
don't just go here. You know, check out other you know weblogs. Oh, oh stuff Randy, like what are you saying? We are the end all be all. <laughs> but especially, <laughs> but especially if you're not going to be buying and playing the game you're buying. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but if you're not going to be playing the game that you're buying. Yeah. If you're buying it for someone else, make sure to do your research at that point. Yeah. Especially if you're a parent or you're a friend or anyone, just make sure that it's a good game because it's your money still. Yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, if you buy it and it sucks, I had a buddy of mine who actually, um, he, he just loves shooters. And without even thinking about it, he just went out and bought uh, Rogue Warrior. And uh, he said it was the only game of all time that he actually returned to the store the same day he bought it. And he was like, give me whatever you can. I just don't want this piece of crap. Although, do take advantages of store policies that allow you to return a game and get a refund. Uh-huh. Make uh-huh. sure to do it. And, um, and just you just can't walk up and say the game sucks. You have to give a reason, but <laughs> be creative. Uh, another another thing that I want to talk about, too, was how about how does the ease of – you kind of touched on it again, Randy, earlier, but the ease of digital distribution affect us as well as being on a budget? Because I know that on my PSP Go, when I look down and I see, oh, man, Timberland's Beta Raider – only 20 bucks this week. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't actually have to hand the money to anybody. <laughs> yeah, I spent $140 on Steam, on Steam's year-end sale. I had not planned to buy a single game. Spent 140 bucks. I yeah, I was something. I was something like that too, Gavin. I, I spent a lot of money on on the Steam's year-end sale. But uh, honestly, in the end, there's a lot of games that I've been playing a lot of since then, and I will be playing in the future too. Um. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean, but, uh, you know, Kip, in terms of digital download, uh, I would say, you know, re-look at where you're digitally downloading games and look to a different uh, – look to something different. Look to like goodoldgames.com, GOG.com. Good old, yeah, goodoldgames.com or um, – and this is going into the moral gray area, so don't, uh, don't crucify Whoa. me later on. But uh, look into emulation. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. going to go punch this pilot on your ass. Well, <clears throat> hold on a moment now. Yes, the emulation is a gray area. And uh, if you are to play any of those games, yes, you should own the digital copy or you should own the rights to play that game. However, if you so choose, there are, you know, services that are 100% legal, like MAME, which uh, if, if you check out anybody who's making a, a fan-made arcade machine, they, they're making a MAME machine, which is a uh, multiple arcade machine emulator. Um, you can literally download thousands of video games to play on your multiple arcade machine emulator um, that, uh, uh, for all intents and purposes, the, those companies don't exist anymore. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, you, Randy, will you be doing that for your arcade cabinet? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? Thousands of other geeks who have done it before me have done the exact same thing. If you know anybody that has a homemade uh, MAME cabinet at home, they're, they're running you know, emulators. Um, so... Uh, Check it out. I mean, you, you, if not, you might be missing on some really great titles that uh, that otherwise will be slipped through the, through your fingers because of time. Um, and, in, and in terms of digital distribution, I would actually say since we've kind of ragged on the 360 this episode, I'm going to give them a break here. Check out Indie Games on Xbox Live Arcade. Oh, Things yeah. Like community-based games. you got some great stuff just right off the top of my head. Anything made by Arkido. They have just simple games. Swap, they're called Swap, Jump, and Pixel. And basically, they'll, you'll complete about an hour. They're three bucks each. They are absolutely amazing. They look stunning. It's a lot of fun. It's very basic, but that's three bucks. I mean, yeah. you can really look for it. I mean, of course, one of the best games of last year, period, was I made a game with zombies in it. And that's also on the independent <laughs> game, so that's like three bucks. So, I mean, there's a lot of good deals there. You just got to make sure. And again, all of them have demos. That's a rule. So, uh, how about, how about always this? demo before you buy. 
this one as well, um, you guys kind of reminded me of it when you talked about your Steam sales, and I'm not, I mean, I understand that was because it was a sale. Uh, another thing that I don't think a lot of people consider is that you're buying games on future potential, that a lot of times I'll buy, like, during, especially during the holiday season, I'll buy, like, four or five games, and they'll just sit on my shelf in their plastic as I beat one at a time, and I would discourage people from doing that, because you can definitely... Just wait on those games, and as soon as you beat one of them, go out to the store and buy another one, and the chances are at least one or two of those games, a price drop's going to occur during that time, yeah. and it wasn't just pointlessly sitting on your shelf. So, Or something better might come out in that meantime, too, and you might think to yourself, yeah, I don't want to play that game at all anymore. You know, it, it yeah. got crap reviews on ElderGeek.com. Yeah. Absolutely. The only source that you need. <laughs> so. We are the back of the box entirely. Us. <laughs> Um, my, my final, uh, bit of advice is, um, honestly, and this, this is when it comes down to it, always prioritize your needs. Um, never, ever, 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 for the love of God, um, uh, buy a video game when you need to pay rent or, or buy anything else. You know, gaming is an absolute luxury of where, you know, those of us that do it should all consider ourselves to be really lucky to be doing it because it's a very expensive hobby. But, um, you know, gaming isn't life, and it shouldn't be. So if, you know, you find yourself where you have to decide games or whatever, whatever always comes first. Only put games above the children that you don't like. Yeah, <laughs> above the ugly ones. Yeah. <laughs> but, Randy, what do you, again, what are you saying? Gaming is life. Gaming is everything. <laughs> to if some people, all... but that's, the, that's what I'm saying. To some people, it really is, and that's terrible. True. Mm-hmm. You, you, know? have to you have to prioritize. But remember, games are expensive. Eldergeek.com is free. Is, <laughs> it's always free. So you can live vicariously through our posts. And it's our reviews free. Are it's free for now. <laughs> we'll start IG, IGNing your asses and, oh, you want to read that article? You got to pay the $2 fee. Yeah. You got to pay the Randy tax, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, honestly, always always prioritize your needs. Uh, video games are not a need. As awesome as they are, that you, you do not need video games. Sorry. That didn't want to like end on that down or somebody else throw in something happy. Um, I, you know, I, you know, I understand. I think that even though video games, you know, sometimes it's fun to make an irrational decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here or there. Yeah. So, it's like, you know, fun. I, like say, I hey, look, I'm feel, being stupid. Yay. Yeah. I don't think you should feel guilty because there's been times where I'm like, oh, I definitely don't need this, but I want it. You know. What I mean? <laughs> and you know, I think that's fun, and that's part of like, you know, it's, it's the spice of life. You know. I don't want to, you know, at the end of the at the end of the day, you're gonna have, you know, when I when I see the Groom Reaper someday, it's really not gonna matter if I got a thousand bucks in my pocket or not, you know. So. What? <laughs> He's saying it doesn't matter if you die rich or you die poor. You're everybody's yeah. gonna die anyway. Yeah. Again, I don't want to end off uh, end off like that. <laughs> you know what? Here, bad financial times are always always a good excuse to get together with people that you like or people that you love. Use this opportunity, not, uh, even with games, have some couch multiplayer. Just get them off the internet, put a, put people next to you. If you haven't done it in a while, you'll remember why it was awesome. You'll That's a really good suggestion. You know, and, get people and look, over, have gaming parties, even if you don't like the game. I've seen people, mostly on the Wii, play games that are terrible, and yet they will have the best time. That's a really good suggestion, Gavin. Just yeah, have people over, point. rent a quiz game, rent, rent Buzz, rent a racing game, just have people over and the experience will make up for the um, for the lack of newness in your library. Oh, and I just want to close out by saying lung cancer kills five times as many women as breast cancer. So 
God damn. That was kittens and puppies and rainbows and happiness. <laughs> anyway, thanks everybody for listening this week. Um, I, most likely we're going to try to turn this into actually a written article so that if you ever wanted to resort back to it, you, it'll be in a written state. But uh, thank you for listening. And uh, to everybody that's actually listening to us on 8bitx.com, thanks for listening. Uh, this is actually going to be the second issue that you can hear on 8bitx.com. Um, and I hope you keep listening as well. I think we're on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. there. I believe so. Ooh, anyway, we have a time slot. We have a t- we have a specific time slot, which is very cool. And I, and I think it's prime time. I think 8 p.m. Okay. is prime time. Rock yes, on. 8 p.m. is prime time. And yeah. We're not, and we're not getting moved to 12:05. No, no. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, honestly, check out the rest of 8 X's shows. They're actually very very damn cool. Um, and thanks for listening this week. We'll be back next week um, with a topic yet unknown. So uh, <laughs> take care, everybody. We have no idea what we're doing at no. I'm with Coco. <laughs> Yahoo! You're all clear, kid.